Hello, everybody. Welcome to the season finale of Security Confidential. I'm Chris Kazel. Rory Michael. <laughs> there, there's Rory. Still here. We back. Um, <laughs> yeah, Manoj is uh, not in town this week. He's abroad, so we're, we were bestowed the honor of capping off the season. Thank there we you. go. So for today's episode... Chris and I and Emily have, over the past week, been kind of gathering some stories from around the cybersphere, if you will, and uh, we're going to kind of go through them. Chris, obviously, being our resident security expert, we're going to get his take, get his feed, and if you guys have comments, thoughts, we'd love to hear them. Yeah, and disclaimer, I haven't seen any of the articles, so it's just going to be like off the cuff, basically. You're right. getting gut reaction. The hot take. Yeah. So we'll the first see. one here. New Apple zero day exploited to target Egyptian XMP, a member of parliament, with predator spyware. Uh, the three zero day flaws addressed on, by Apple on September 21st, 2023, were leveraged as part of an iPhone exploit chain in an attempt mm-hmm. to deliver a spyware strand called Predator specifically targeting former Egyptian member of parliament, I'm going to butcher this name, Ahmed uh, El-Tantwe. Okay. I don't know. Sorry. Uh, the mercenary <laughs> surveillance tool is said to have been delivered via links set on, sent on SMS and WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. Um, more from this, although great strides have been made in recent years to encrypt the web, users can still occasionally visit websites without HTTPS, as we know. Um, Users who are at risk of spyware threats because of who they are or what they do are recommended to keep their devices up to date and enable lockdown mode on iPhones, iPads, and Macs. Hmm. What do you think? Um, This one I did see a little bit in the news. It was the Egyptian government, though, that did it, wasn't it? Does it say anything about that? You know, it might. That I'm not... Because this one I actually did see in a different, like, not here, but online. I don't believe it was the government target. It was a government um, employee or something. Parliament member who was targeted, but he was not targeted by the Egyptian government, Hmm. as I understand it. Another kind of questionable one, but I don't really know. I mean, I don't think mobile phones are that secure, really. Uh Um Especially since, like, on the on the PC or whatever, you can just block anything, basically, like emails and whatnot. Right. And you could not visit domains or whatever. But I feel like that stuff is kind of obvious, obfuscated on the phone. Because if you get a link or something, it's always shortened, and you don't really know what you're getting into. Like, my fiance all the time sends me spam texts, and like, I don't know. I don't really know what to think, except that it's weird that there's a zero day in the iPhone. Well, maybe not because you know Max like Max have security around them. Obviously, they're they're pretty secure, but right. people don't really develop malware and spyware and stuff for the Mac because it's, it doesn't have a huge market share like Windows does or like uh, like Linux servers dominate server space. So it's rare to see that stuff for Mac, but that doesn't necessarily mean you can't. They're not vulnerable, mm-hmm. I guess, because iPhones are so insanely popular. People put a little more work into them because it's not like it's like inherently more secure right right 
I think there's definitely an illusion though that iPhones are more secure than Androids. Yeah. I think everyone kind of the lay person I feel has that sentiment. Yeah, there is a, a bit of credibility to it, I think, though, because remember when what happened like two, three years ago when uh, the U.S. government wanted to get into an iPhone, but but Apple wouldn't help them or something. Yeah, you know, yeah, what I, mean? yep, I do remember that. I think the credibility comes too from the App Store, um, as I understand it. Apple getting on getting your app on the Apple on iTunes or the App Store, I guess. There's a lot more scrutiny behind it than google play or the android store that's true yeah right so i think maybe as a user you're you're thought you're built to trust an iphone security more Mm -hmm. uh just off the bat than i don't know an android yeah i'd want to look at this one a little bit more but i think there's a lot there for sure and a lot to take away from this in the future yeah The, the modern um Apple operating systems are built on a really secure OS called OpenBSD, though. I don't really, I don't really know iPhones that well, truthfully. I have one, but I've, I've never had one before, so I've, I've never really looked at it. Hard to say. Still weird, though, that a parliament member, because when I was looking at it online, uh-huh. it said that somebody had put some kind of, like, man-in-the-middle thing on a cell tower. Yeah. And that, like, the Egyptian government controlled it, so I, I should, we should, uh, have jamie pull that up but freaking, <laughs> um it had I, it was like the way i read it when i read the article was that the government was trying to nail this guy uh-huh. the mp or the, the parliament member so it was like an in in inside job kind of thing okay but i don't really recall maybe we post we'll, a link yeah or we'll have to link that one and then uh reread it for ourselves as well as you guys can take a look at it yeah i'm gonna look it up after tell us what you think um our right, next one so the title or the headline from this is we believe PDD is a dying fraudulent company and its shopping app, I'm going to call it Temu, is cleverly hidden spy- spyware that poses an urgent security threat to U.S. national interests. Okay, so hmm. the Temu app software has the full array of characteristics of the most aggressive forms of malware spyware. Uh, so this was all done by Grizzly Reports and... From them, we have engaged numerous independent data security experts to decompile and analyze uh, TEMU's code integrated with experts of our own staff and analysts who have written independently in the public domain. Contributing to the danger of the mass data uh, exfiltration is the fast uptake rate of TEMU's app. Over 100 million app downloads in the last nine months, all in US and Europe. Key point here is that Temu is not offered in China. Mm-hmm. So Temu, or, uh, and then their parent company is estimated to be losing $30 per order. It's ad spending and shopping costs one to two weeks from China expedited to the U.S. are astronomical. So kind of really the thought process around here is that, uh, you know, how are they still profitable? Despite being a company with a market cap of approximately 135 billion, PDD has not had a real CFO since 2018. The key financial positions are a revolving door. There seems to be no accountability. As I said, full report on Grizzly reports, very detailed and worth a read. I think the key that they're trying to convey here is that this company makes its money from selling user data, not from, you know, the front, if you will, of their business. Yeah, sounds like it. Do you use Twitter at all? Yeah, for 
research as you know right 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 <laughs> research um but yeah i've i've been using it for forever and there i only see those team you ads i know what you're talking about mm-hmm. i've only started seeing them like a few months ago but i see them everywhere now yeah so i can only imagine they make money because it's like you know those commercials where have you seen the, these ads on on twitter mm. i see okay i see them all the time and they're like those old commercials on tv where it's like 10 cents for a apple mac or something yeah, you know what i mean but it's that. actually it's actually like a bidding site or whatever but okay. um it's like a discount kind of junk i don't know how to even describe it i've never clicked on them but i've seen these a lot lately and that's the only thing i can imagine is it steals data yeah because it doesn't look like one of those um bidding sites like there was a b related one that i used to see on tv a lot where you like buy tokens to bid so the end price you it ends up being like 10 cents but you've spent money on tokens that kind of thing yeah unless they do something like that they're probably just stealing your data especially if there's a huge upload rate yeah yeah i think that's kind of what they're alluding to and definitely leaning towards what is china do with all our data though i don't think it's just china i think i think really data is profitable in any market i mean even in the mm. u.s you know they resell it to u.s advertisers yeah or i mean they can resell it to anybody right mm. you know maybe i do have a problem with china having my data <laughs> all right next one uh cisco to buy splunk for 28 billion this one i did get from twitter um mm. and kind of the thought around here what i really liked about what this guy had to say is that basically something isn't right here i'm gonna give you some facts uh, Cisco to buy Splunk for $28 billion. In 2019, the company's valuation was $35 billion. Uh, with no slowdown in sight, last year their, annu- their revenue was $3 billion. So, you know, if we know anything historically about business, when you're selling a company, your valuation is anywhere 7 to 12 times, 12 would be aggressive, of your, you know, annual revenue. Mm-hmm. I mean, that blows that $28 billion number right out of the park as far as what you would sell for. Uh, this author, you know, he's, he's kind of questioning the, the sale here. Now Cisco comes and offers them $28 billion and they take it. His words, uh, my guess is the original leadership of the company has changed. The ethos changed, the drive, the passion, the excitement ran out among leadership. What are your thoughts around that? Mm, I think it's weird. I mean... The business stuff, I don't really have too much to comment on, but I have, I do kind of feel like when I started, I worked at an ISP first when I started doing this, you saw a lot of Cisco equipment. Uh Now I don't really see too much Cisco stuff. I mean, I see some like access points Mm -hmm. that I know our clients have, but Cisco is not really as prevalent as it was before. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that this reminds me of is a couple other companies keep acquiring tons of random things like uh, Kaseya. Uh, I've been seeing these lately, like ConnectWise. They're they're acquiring all these random companies. And what I don't like about when that happens is it's a giant megacorp, right? Mm-hmm. They're not really maintaining the products that right. they acquire. Right. So they're more after just the customers. Yeah, or they'll they'll take it and they'll roll it into some kind of subscription. It's not really, it's about like burning something out until it dies. Maybe yeah. Splunk has some kind of trend predicted. That so how do, you make think, it. how do you think this affects Splunk users long-term? Do you think we're going to see more people jumping on the Splunk wagon? 
or do you think we're going to see more users looking for a different product in that market? Um, I think Cisco has a lot of credibility among older generations of IT professionals, not so much with newer people. Um, so that's either a plus or a minus. I'm not really sure. I think Splunk is at a price point where it's hard to justify for some people. Yeah, I think it's um, definitely top of the market, you know, enterprise, uh, Fortune 500 up there. Yeah. So if, if you're not in that boat, you're probably not looking at it. Right. That's their clientele, right? right. But, but maybe that's all consumed and they have nowhere to go now because storage is too expensive. <laughs> I mean. Well, we'll have to see. I think, I personally think this is really going to open up the market for some other companies who have been competing against Splunk mm -hmm. to get their foot in the door at places who, you know, were went with Splunk because of its use case, its technology. And now that they've been wrapped up into Cisco, maybe they don't want that box anymore. Yeah. It, it does have a lot of nice integrations that you can't find with certain other platforms, but it's very expensive. Um, like you said, it's, it's like really the designer sim. I don't know how to describe yeah, it. You know it's, I mean? it's the Rolls Royce of the products out there. Yeah. The Gucci. All right. Next one. And before we move on to, I did want to mention our bourbon today. Oh, yeah. Uh, we Very have the focus. Booker's. I actually, Chris grabbed this one, but we both have never uh, tasted this one yet. I will say this is this has got some heat for sure. Yeah, it's good. It's pretty strong. I'm more of a scotch guy, but it's good. Yeah, but I, I don't mind it. Let me try this really quick. Kind of a sucker for like the wax uh, yeah. seal, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> Maker's Mark, that's a classic. Yeah, you know? it just looks cool. Yeah, it does. All right, let's roll to the next one. This is in regards to that F-35 that crashed. Did you see that? I didn't, know. So I'll, I'll brief you a little bit on the backstory here. A F-35 fighter jet in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. The fighter pilot ejected, the plane crashed, they couldn't find the plane. The base there posted on Twitter requesting help from the public to locate this plane. They really? couldn't even find it. Um, crazy story, right? Just, just going off of that alone. Um, digging into it a little bit more, some stuff has come out. And the headline from this is, I'm a former defense official who warned about F-35 safety and security problems years ago. This is why it had to have been hacked or malfunctioned. So a former mm -hmm. Marine who's now working as a defense watchdog authored a report in 2019 warming, warning that the Department of Defense's most expensive weapons system is plagued with cybersecurity vulnerabilities. The same investigation of the DOT and energy showed that a 26% fully Michigan-capable rate across the entire F-35 fleet, which may have impacted Sunday's incident. Uh, the technology in the jets is highly classified, but it operates on Lockheed Martin's uh, Autonomic Logistics Information System. I think they also call it uh, ALIS, A-L-I-S. Uh, this is the backbone for the pilots. So digging into it a little further, um, I came across a report that Green Hills Software is who produces the Integrity 178B operating system that powers F-35s, F-22s, F-16s, and B-2s. 
It also powers the Airbus A380. It was also quite possibly leaked. Now you understand why the entire USMC, United States Marine Corps Air Fleet has been grounded. And I did see after the incident, all of the Marine Corps fleet essentially was grounded. Um, this person goes on to state, I just want to state for the record that I have been warning the US government about a potential leak in the Integrity 178B operating system through South America for literally, literally over a year and a half now. Guess what OS powers the F-35? I'm sure you can guess. So uh, what do you think? Hack? Malfunction? I mean, like, hard to say. I feel like any computer on an airplane, it's, I think it's unlikely anybody would have, like, a persistent connection to it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, maybe it's not really my realm of expertise. I don't know how airplane software works, but if you have a persistent connection to something, I could see that happening. But while the plane is in the air, if somebody's like, okay, turn engine off now, it, it's not going to work like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. But that doesn't mean while it's grounded or whatever, somebody couldn't, I, I don't know. It sounds unlikely, truthfully, just from the way. You think more, so you're thinking more malfunction. If I that. if I had to bet, yeah. Um, I mean, anybody could come out and say like, "There's a vulnerability with this." Um, right. Hard to say. How much are those planes worth? Uh billions for one of them. Let me look at F thirty five. I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but I know they're. I want to say they're like. I don't even know, but I know they're a lot of planes. I know the entire F thirty five project is estimated to run uh, one point seven trillion. 1.7 trillion yeah good for the entire program good call yeah but i don't know the i don't know the actual price of one plane but i i it, estimated to be 100 million 100 okay 100 million dollars off you know i feel like um there's a lot of like points of failure in mm -hmm. the software development and somebody's patching the plane i don't know how yeah. it works but there's a lot of points of failure there but 100 million is a lot to invest in a single entity yeah a single asset like that yeah it's hard to believe somebody would be warned of security vulnerabilities and not address them especially if there's that much money wrapped up in it you know what i mean yeah especially the u.s government <laughs> <laughs> loves money yeah i have i have a couple different thoughts on it i think one these planes are just way too expensive to be devoting this much energy manpower money towards a single endeavor um they're always being worked on. They're, you know, even the ones that are functioning, as soon as they're done, test flying around, whatever, they got to come back in and you have multiple, multiple people working on them. Most of them being, you know, DOD contractors, Lockheed Martin, you know, the, the people who build the plane, who run the plane. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Are they really worth a hundred million a plane? I don't know. That's tough to say. That's that's, that's for the price. you to decide. Yeah, that's the price <laughs> they're selling them for. But uh, you know, if you can't even find it when it crashes, that's we're basically back to you know World War Two days. Of that is weird. Tracking down a plane. What happened to the pilot? They were he, alive. So what I read was that he, the plane malfunctioned or suffered a malfunction. He ejected, and then the plane crashed. But something I did note was that. Before he ejected, they said he either put the plane on autopilot or the plane was on autopilot. So that was the big thing 
as to the search, initial estimates were that that plane could have flown for three plus hours based on its fuel in whatever direction it was going. Mm. Like if he was just steady with the horizon, it could have just kept going? If when he ejected, because he had the plane on autopilot, theoretically with the fuel it had, it could Mm. have kept flying for three hours in whatever direction it was going. That's interesting, but I feel like you wouldn't eject unless you were headed downward. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. That would be cool if it's just <laughs> cruising for That's three hours. That's why I think, too, initially, a lot of people were suspecting this is pretty far out there, that the plane was hacked, and when the guy ejected, the pilot ejected, um, someone was like controlling the plane to fly it back to them. Which I think that's a little far-fetched. Yeah. I don't know that that's possible yet. I mean, that would take a lot of work. And like I said, you need some kind of persistent live connection to the... To the plane. Yeah, to the computer on the plane. Right. But I do know a lot of planes are, even like commercial, like the Airbus like mm-hmm. you are talking about, they do have programs embedded in them that allow, like if something happens to the pilot or whatever, if there's some kind of automatic landing stuff built into it, it does have that capability. Right. I just feel like it's unlikely. If I had to guess, I'd think somebody was just being stupid. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see if another plane goes missing, gets hacked. Yeah. We're on to something. If it's a problem, multiple F-35s, then yeah. Right. All right, next one here. Now we're getting to the MGM. So hackers who breached Casino, and I'm sure everyone watching this has heard about this because this has been the biggest story as far as cybersecurity goes, I think this month. Um, hackers who breached casino giants, MGM Caesars, also hit three other firms. Octa says, I did want to note it was deduced that social engineering of the IT help desk is what led to the breach. Uh, Chief security officer of the identity management company Okta said the five companies' clients, including MGM and Caesars, had fallen victim to hacking groups known as, I think this is supposed to be called uh, ALPHV, A-L-P-H-V, and Scattered Spider since August. Hmm. What do you think? Same thing that happened six months ago. Um, definitely. <laughs> I mean, completely believable. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. Those are two of their biggest clients, though, by yeah. far. Octane, Octus Conference, which I had been to a few times, mm-hmm. was held at the Aria, which is an M- I'm pretty sure it's an MGM casino. I think so. I'm not sure. I'm I'm pretty sure. Eighty percent sure. They're they're like touted. They were always the headline client. They were the platinum sponsor or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I believe it. Um, it's just kind of a bad look because they're an identity access management product Yeah, that kind of is susceptible to like IAM related social engineering. It's just, I don't know, it seems like an oversight. So here's another way that I want to look at this because I know everyone's read about the breach. It's been in the news. People have been going nuts about it, but I did mm. read up on something that I thought was very interesting as a fallout from this. Uh, Five lawsuits go after MGM Caesars following data breaches seeking class action status. So five class action lawsuits filed against MGM Resorts um, and Caesars Entertainment seek to punish the casino giants for failing to protect customers in September cyber attacks. 
companies were trusted with personal identifiable information, PII, and that trust was violated, uh, alleges the uh, suitors. The PII of individuals remains of high value to criminals as evident by the prices they will pay through the dark web. Numerous sources cited dark web prices for stolen identity credentials. PII can be sold at a price range from $40 to $200 per. Criminals can also purchase access to the entire company data breach for $900 to $4,500. I think when you look at it from that perspective, ransomware as a service, all these different, you know, criminal activities. If you're getting 20, let's say 40, $200 per client, if you will, yeah. or, you know, 900 to $4,500 per for the entire stack, other organizations want to buy this from you. On top of that, you're getting the ransom paid to you by the victim. That's a pretty profitable industry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I guess that data, like if you have a list of all of the, I don't know, Caesar's Palace's clients, right? Mm-hmm. How much they spend, that kind of stuff. I'm, how much is it to pay for a single record? It's like $40. $40 to 200 is what this claims. So if you get like 100 people, their info, how much they spend, you could, I feel like the only thing somebody could use that data for is literally blackmailing the actual gamblers at the casino. <laughs> like how, we're going to tell your wife and your business or something like that. And Yeah, but I think you could resell that. You know, if you can buy that information from an illegal source like these hackers, you know, you have that information now. You can resell it. I bet nine out of 10 people you go to with that, they're not going to ask where you got it from. You know, because people's information, that's the most profitable currency, commodity, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I bet you could resell it. Oh, I, think, I absolutely think you can resell it. I think that's, that's, that's what fuels this type of behavior is that there's a mass demand yeah. for information, you know. Because for one thing, most like normal people mm-hmm. won't know how to even access uh, dark web, right? Right. But so if you resell it to normal people, if you know your manager is on that list or whatever, and he's spending a ton of money at the casino and you're below him, that you would pay for that information potentially if you're somebody who wants to yeah, There's so many make different waves. ways that you could use, you know, you can leverage stolen hmm. information, right? Yeah. I, I guess I'm thinking of it from a net negative kind of standpoint, but yeah, people would pay it for sure. I, I also think, you know, and this is something we talk about here at Dark Rhino all the time, obviously, but the the fallout from a breach can sometimes be worse than the actual breach, i.e. these lawsuits, you know, going after Caesars. And I they have insurance, right? So I, I yeah. whatever this suit settles for is, is going to be paid out by insurance, but an organization that doesn't have insurance, that their insurance doesn't cover this, you know, that's a whole nother caveat to a cybersecurity yeah. breach that you probably haven't even thought about. So I wouldn't want a casino owners to be upset with me. <laughs> like whatever executives getting yelled at on the phone or whatever. Casino owners are not who you want to be in a bad spot with, right? Right. Have you seen the movie with Robert? Um, oh, yeah. Which one? Um, casino? Robert yeah. De Niro and yeah. uh, Joe Pesci. Mm-hmm. It's classic. Those guys you don't really want to mess with. Yeah, I uh, know. That's a great one. And it's literally an oversight on Octa's. Not an oversight. Like, they they didn't train their employees to be on the lookout for that kind of thing, right? But um, so is that really an oversight? I don't know. Educational oversight. But what can you really do in that case? You know what I mean? But 
I wouldn't want those guys to be upset with me. True. No. No. <clears throat> All right, we'll roll to the next one. I just read this one today. Okay. And I should have I should have grabbed how new this is, but um, as far as if it's from today or not, I think it is actually. Yeah, it is. Okay. All of Sony's systems allegedly hacked by a new ransomware group. According to September 25th article, which is today, the day we are recording, and from an Australian cybersecurity publication, the PlayStation maker was cracked open by Ransomed.vc, a new outfit of hackers that's only been operating since September. So pretty big score for them only be, being operational for 30 days. The hack allegedly unearthed screenshots of Sony's internal log in page and an internal PowerPoint presentation outlining test bench details, uh, several Java files, and a documentary of the entire leak housing, 6,000 files. Uh, quotes from the ransomware group, we have successfully compromised all of Sony's systems. Uh, Ransom.vc proclaimed, we won't ransom them, we will sell the data due to Sony not wanting to pay. Data is for sale, we are selling it, end quote. Uh, Sony has not publicly commented on the breach or the nature of Ransom VC's impact on the company just yet. Hmm. What do you got on that one? I think the problem with a company like Sony, they've been around for a long time, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Um, anybody with legacy infrastructure is more at risk than, than like Dark Rhino is more modern, right? We, we don't have servers running on-prem. We don't have databases from the 80s, that kind of stuff. Um, completely believable because a lot of those systems, they it's part of their daily SOP. They can't update it. Um, it would cause damage to the company if they do update it. So unfortunately, companies like that don't really have a defense against this kind of stuff, especially if somebody gets access to something they shouldn't have. I mean... I believe it. I don't know what you're necessarily going to do with Sony's internal files. I guess you have access to like payment card information from the PS4. I don't really know. Yeah, I'm not sure. So they like, do they have all my Fortnite transactions? <laughs> you know I mean? I, I, apparently they have enough to where they're, they're trying to sell it off. <clears throat> because I guess what does it really matter if like a list of Sony employees is released? I mean, it's a violation of your privacy but right. how does somebody make money off that uh, they claim to you know say that they have information that is sellable someone wants it you know customer information whether that's employee information mm -hmm. i don't know yeah i guess we'll have to wait till more comes out on it but i feel like only people with like malicious intent would buy that kind of data and that that's the only thing that worries me about that sort of thing yeah you know what i mean mm -hmm. Like, you know, your neighbor works for Sony. Let me get his info. And <laughs> <laughs> he, he always, uh, he never mows his lawn, that kind of thing. Yeah. I I think you go both ways, too. I mean, if you look at just from, you know, the Sony store or whatever, you're going to have so much, you're going to have addresses. If they did get a hold of that information, credit card information, addresses, mm -hmm. phone numbers, names, that's, I mean, that's all you need as far as selling people's information. Yeah, that's true. So, we'll are, they on the, are they on the PS5 now? Who? Sony? Sony? Yeah. They're on the PS5. Yeah, that's been out, oh gosh, a couple of years now. Okay. I haven't had one since the PS3, but. Yeah, I had, 
I actually am a PS5 player, so mm. hopefully they didn't get my information. Do you have a lot of Fortnite skins? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't play Fortnite. I've never played it. But. No, I don't play it that often. Honestly, I should probably. Well, I'm not going to sell it because I waited so long to get it, but. I don't use it as much as I thought I would, but that kind of goes with everything I ever buy. Was that the last story, Roy? That was the last one, yeah. All right, well, that, that wraps it up then. Uh, everyone, thank you for tuning in to the final episode, season 12 of mm-hmm. Security Confidential. If you have any requests, any thoughts, any feedback, let us know for secure, or, uh, for season 13 of security confidential if not keep your eye out every day in october for cyber horror stories monday through friday every day a different cyber horror story we have some good ones this year it was brought back by popular demand people just couldn't get enough of it if you're watching this and you have a cyber horror story that happened at your company at your house whatever uh, let Dark Rhino know. We'd love to hear from you. And let's get just the craziest s- cyber horror stories we can. Yeah. Uh, we won't reveal your personal information. Nope. See you in the next one. Bye-bye. <laughs>